Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hello, we're going to do our mailbag episode. I love when we do mailbags, Lori. These, I these know. are some of the best ones. So our listeners write in letters right. to us uh, by email, which we're always open to hearing your feedback. And somebody wrote in recently just saying how much they liked listening to us. Thank you. That Thank you. That's, that, <laughs> that one was so sweet. That made me feel yeah. so good. Yeah. So, yes, please write in and tell us how awesome we are. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be good, too. That would be great. That's a good esteem. <laughs> or what you, you want us to cover yeah. or, or where we're blowing it. And yeah, right. Let I mean, us you, know. You can you can let us know where we're blowing it. I mean, we'll definitely wink, wink, read those. No, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> we do. That, that's no, good, we do. That's good we take feedback. That's good information. So today we're going to do two mailbags. Um, yes. One in the first half. The first one really comes from a listener who asked the question. He says, my wife is in a wheelchair and has been for some time, and he's wanting to know how he continues to build sexual intimacy in their relationship. Right. And how, basically, it sounds like what he's asking is how do they still keep it hot when she has she has some really uh, difficulties? And I think there's a lot Limitations. of – There's a lot of listeners who may be one of their partners, may have a, a handicap or a disability that's really that's really hurting them. Sure, um, sure. So how do, how do we begin to help them and address those uh, specific complications that they have. Okay, so I mean, I think what I always say is flexibility is sex insurance. Mm. I mean, sometimes we don't know what life will bring. I was recently researching prostate cancer and this couple was singing. They were literally singing about, you know, that basically what life what would happen in life did happen. Mm. And they had to struggle together, but that they decided that Sex, it wasn't going to be about what couldn't happen. It was what could happen. And that was their focus. And so our writer did not tell us exactly what the problems were with the wheelchair-bound partner. But let's imagine a few things and imagine some solutions for that. I mean, one, he didn't say whether this was a spinal cord injury and therefore she didn't have feeling. I mean, obviously that would be the most dire kind of situation. But I had a guy who I went to... I worked with when I was in grad school, and he was wheelchair-bound, 
They had two children. You know, he talked about how his wife kept it hot. I mean, he could have erections, but basically they could only do it with her on top because he didn't have the mechanics necessary to be on top of her. Mm. He couldn't support himself. But they had, it sounded like a fabulous sex life. So, I mean, I think that with some adjustment, you can still have great sex. Feeling problems would be very difficult. Um, there are ways that people with spinal cord injuries still can have orgasms or have sexual pleasure, and that's probably a podcast in and of itself. But let's imagine that there are mechanical issues. You okay. know, if you're wheelchair bound, one of the issues is muscularly, right? You're going to lose muscular tension. Mm. There's a potential for soreness. You need to get out of your your wheelchair, you know, every so often to relieve the pressure of sitting on your, you know, bum and your legs because that can be tense. And so you have to have a lot of positional changes and strengthening yourself if this is a increasing disease state, something like MS, mm. where maybe you're losing more and more progressive muscle control, you know, it could be problematic. So I, I think that one thing is, first of all, what can you do? Yeah. Can you stay erotic in disease states and focus on the good and pleasure of your body, yeah. even when there are things that are going wrong with your body? Yeah. So there, there may be things that you have to, is the right word, give up? Um, expectations you may have to give up uh, because of yes. what's, what's lost, but there yes. still will be something that you can focus on that can be pleasurable, right? Right. Um, I, and I think, you know, relationally, if he is the caretaker for his wife, wheelchair-bound, I mean, that's a whole other set of issues. Mm. I mean, potentially, there are resources out there that, you know, you can hire or the state will assign caretakers that can come in and bring relief and aid and help so that maybe you're not doing everything that can help the relationship. Yeah, because that, that would help keep some balance in the relationship yeah. as well so that one person isn't always, there's not a there's not an imbalance in, in care. Uh, yeah. Care isn't always directed one way. Right. Um, right. I had some friends though, and he had Parkinson's and she said that you know, really, sexual functioning was the last thing to go with Parkinson's, and I could be wrong about that. But, I mean, it was the way he felt virile and most alive and most in his body was sexually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she was always wanting resources for how do we, you know, keep it hot together with these limitations. Mm-hmm. It seems to me, too, that there the emotional component of this, that there is a grief over what was lost sexually. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. going through something where, especially if you if you have been injured or uh, something like MS comes on later in life, there's a period of time, um, a lot of times in the relationship where the disability isn't present, right? Mm-hmm. And and so there's something that was lost there in the sexual relationship, and I think acknowledging that is important, mm-hmm. right? That absolutely, a, as you move to focusing on what you can do, there's you're also grieving what you can't do. Um, right. And that's that's a process that can be difficult for individuals to go through, both as the person who's lost that functionality or ability mm-hmm. um, in a specific way or and for the person that's lost it in their partner. Um, yes. and I think that can be really scary to acknowledge that you're sad over that, um, yeah. that that is a loss because it feel it could feel really harming. Like for for this gentleman, it could it could feel like maybe he's holding that part of him back, that sadness back. Um, because he doesn't maybe doesn't want to feel make his uh, partner feel bad, right? And um, maybe he feels guilty for yeah, feeling oh, bad guilty, about yeah. it. 
Um, I think the good thing about grief is grief comes to an end. Mm-hmm. You know, and there is another side of grief, which is acceptance. Yes. You know, like this is what we got. Yeah. Now we got to make the best of it. Whereas resentment is ongoing. If if yeah. you don't acknowledge your losses, right, you don't really deal with them. You don't mourn over them. You don't feel sad enough and then sort of get it out. It's like having a good cry. Yeah. For a very extended period of time. Yeah. You know, at least it's released. Yeah. and I, But I think if you don't acknowledge it and don't talk about it, then it does turn into resentment, right? It yeah. gets it's, It gets harbored um, in ourselves and it, it makes it really hard to not for it not to turn into bitterness and uh, not to cause us to withdraw from each other. But I do think you're right. Like that's that's to me is how you get to the part where you can be grateful for the things that you can do and be fulfilled in the things that you can do is that you have to get through that grieving that grieving process or at least engage it um, mm-hmm. and acknowledge it, what you've lost, so that you begin to see what you, you do have and can be satisfied in that as well. Yeah. And then I think, of course, just like any sexual relationship, you have to communicate about what the new normal brings, yes. what positions are most pleasurable, what brings discomfort, and find ways that are comfortable and exciting again. I mean, maybe there's not enough muscle tension for this woman to be on top, but maybe from the side, you know, he can reach around and touch her and she can, you know, experience sexual intercourse in a pleasurable way that they they both can feel skin on skin, full contact, and it can be really good. Yeah, what what you're saying makes me really think of, it's almost like a re-exploration. It was like, that's one of the, Mm -hmm. the... Funnest parts, especially in the beginnings of a relationship, is getting to explore with each other and experiment and, and, and really kind of discover each other's bodies for the first time. Like that's the great part of the beginning of a relationship. And so now it seems like if the mindset can shift to that of a re-exploration, of, of newness, of new possibilities, there can be stuff that maybe they haven't had in their relationship before that they can find once they begin to explore with each other. Right, right. So maybe also... Physical therapy might be another adjunctive therapy that mm-hmm. keeps her hips flexible, you know, her body position able to change in different ways. I mean, there might be other things that they can resources that they can access once they've gotten through the emotional mm-hmm. difficulties. Then they can start thinking practically. Okay, what can we do? I mean, there are sex toys out there like swings, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe really work for somebody like this. You know, that is she is now supported in essentially a swing and they can try something, you know, new and different in a new position. Yeah. This seems like something that might be beneficial as well to talk to a physical, their physical therapist or their doctor about. I would wonder if they've been able to bring up that with those medical professionals that may be able to find some help and and some suggestions that way. I would suggest a women's health PT, a women's health physical therapist, because they're more sex friendly, a lot of physical therapists wouldn't know and a lot of doctors wouldn't know what to do, I would say. But a woman's health physical therapist or a pelvic health physical therapist, they're thinking about structural ways to make sexual intercourse and sexual experiences better. Mm. So I, I, that's the resource to go to, as well as a potentially a sex therapist in your area who has experience with different disease states and what you might be able to do to compensate. I know that, you know, We've worked with people with MS and CP and, I mean, all kinds of issues that have come up, you know, to help people get through the body mechanics that make sex good again. Yeah. I think overall just acknowledging the difficult position 
that this couple is in, right? Because mm-hmm. these are these are not easy solutions to this problem, but there are steps that they can take to begin to be more fulfilled. And I think no, just even just knowing that that there are ways to make your sex life more fulfilling at least gives you hope to be able to begin to pursue some of these avenues that we've talked about. Right. So thank you. Thank you very much, Ryder In We appreciate it. And we'll come back with another mailbag in a minute. This is Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. For Play Radio Sex Therapy, this is Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews, and we're doing a mailbag episode, and right now, Adam, we have one from a gentleman who has heart disease. Yeah, he writes in that he has heart disease, has recently had a stent put in, and is on a variety of meds um, that are causing all kinds of issues, specifically causing some erectile dysfunction, and obviously can't necessarily changes meds a great deal right um the stent obviously is going to cause issues and possibly just even some some fear around the heart disease so where where do we start with him he's wanting to get back into a sexual relationship with his partner a lot of things here that difficulties that he's facing where would you start with him well, I think the first thing to start is with anxiety about returning to the sexual relationship after you've had any kind of heart surgery or heart procedure. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, I, I don't want to have sexual relations because my heart is going to pound and I'm afraid 
that that might jeopardize me and might cause a heart attack or, you know, what do I do about this? And first thing, of course, you need to be released from your doctor for sexual activity. Mm. That's the big one. And and you need to talk to your doctor about potential interference of any kind of medications. So, for instance, we know that nitroglycerin, which is caused for heart angina, like heart pain, cannot, cannot be mixed with any Viagra or any of the meds that help with erectile dysfunction. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully the doctor has talked to you about all of those interferences and problems. And we are not medical doctors. This is not medical advice. Absolutely. But certainly we want to turn you back to your physician to talk about the problems that may occur with medication. So there almost is almost probably automatically going to be a period of time where somebody that is recovering from some kind of heart disease or, or operation is not going to be able to have sex. Yeah, but it's actually very limited usually. I mean, often they release them into sexual activity much more quickly than you would imagine. Okay. And I would say that this gentleman in particular is a health problem, right? He has lots of health problems. And so first of all, there's belly weight, uh, he has heart disease. This is not an, a random thing. He has heart disease where cholesterol clogged his arteries, and he probably is a high diabetes risk as well. So there's multiple things going on with his weight and his food and his diet and his medications that are impacting his sexual functioning. First, if you're in poor health, you know you frequently don't have the stamina and the strength and the energy to pursue sexual activity. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Two, heart disease. One of the first ways that men can become aware of heart disease is the erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. You know, for many men with maybe even 10 pounds of weight on their belly, it's very little. They can begin to feel that their functioning is off and with ED. So cholesterol sort of clogs the small capillaries of the penis and results in lack of function. That's not the only reason men struggle with ED. There's valve problems. There's other things that happen when they're aging. But ED is not inevitable. You know, generally, with good health and proper weight and diet, you know, you don't have to have ED. But if you are starting to have ED in the beginning, you know, this is like a red alert. You probably have heart disease. You need to get get to your doctor. You need to seriously adjust your diet, which is generally going to a lower carb diet. Again, we're not nutritionists. You know, we need you to seek out medical advice about this. But, you know, the research is beginning to show that it's carbohydrate that is the problem in terms of putting on belly weight and raising cholesterol. It's not actually cholesterol that we eat. It's the carbohydrate that we eat, which is Mm -hmm. crazy enough. So definitely get help. And then diabetes for men actually causes a loss of sensation in the penis. So without as much sensation, they can't get as stimulated as easy and ED happens more frequently, right? Even stimulation isn't helping. So big reason, gentlemen, to stay healthy, keep running, keep jogging, keep walking, keep, you know, eating right and eating clean. Because unfortunately for men, sexual functioning is more problematic with ED for men than these same problems in women. You know, Mm -hmm. for women, they don't suffer as much in functioning even if they gain weight and have heart disease. Uh, Their functioning stays pretty good often, but really big problems. So for him, the first thing I would say is ask your doctor about Viagra. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Are you a candidate for the meds that help with erection? If he's on a blood pressure medicine, which most heart disease patients are going to be, you know, that's a hydraulic issue, right? If you don't have as much blood pressure, you know, an erection is a hydraulic issue. It's a hydraulic event. And if you don't have the blood pressure, you can't get it up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's necess- that, that becomes really necessary to have some help with that, especially if his meds are, are contributing to that right. as well. Right. And many heart disease candidates or heart disease patients are still candidates for Viagra, believe it or not. Okay. So, I mean, talk to your doctor about that or all the Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, all of that, you know, talk to them about that. What about the the fear, Lori, that he's going to experience kind of reengaging something that's, a you know, an aerobic event, all right? Yeah. Um, the, that you know, could strain strain the heart, right, um, a little bit, or maybe that's the fear that it, that it would. Mm-hmm. Um, how, did, how do you deal with kind of that issue that's com- that might be coming up for him? I mean, I think that's good medical advice. Talk to your doctor. Is the heart rate difference when you're having sex significant? I mean, mm-hmm. I think that it can feel significant and there can be fear. But if your doctor says it's OK, I would say go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. I think more so, though, I think that, that there's one – it's one thing to receive the advice and hear the words. It's another thing to believe it Yeah, and believe that it's OK. Mm-hmm. And so I think – to me, there would have to be, again, some conversation with your partner around if you have any fears mm-hmm. um, about reengaging it mm-hmm. or if your partner has fears. Yeah, right? absolutely. I think there could be fears on I don't want to kill him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's right. And so you could I could imagine people holding back uh, sexually, either if they're f- fearful for themselves or if they're f- fearful for their partner. Right, and so, some positions are less strenuous, right? Sure. Female on top is going to be less strenuous than male on top. Yeah. Uh, maybe both of them sitting in a chair together, facing each other. I mean, that's less strenuous. That allows her to use her quad muscles, mm. you know, to move. I mean, they might want to start that way. Yeah, I mean, I think just engaging that carefully and talking about those fears and as well as adding the advice of your doctor in. Right? Sure. And believing sure. that and believing that advice. And I think accepting that, okay, at this point, the erection is not about lack of attraction for your partner. The Mm -hmm. partner has to be reassured, you know, like his erectile dysfunction is probably more due to his health and the hydraulic issue with the blood pressure meds than it has anything to do with his being attracted to her. Mm -hmm. So I think him being verbally reassuring, even when he loses erection, is helpful and knowing that you know what? The sex event doesn't have to have intercourse all the time. Mm. You know, having sex does not mean intercourse. That's right. It could mean pleasuring each other. It could mean taking time to give her an orgasm. Mm. You know, especially if he's still afraid and he doesn't want to reengage for himself, that doesn't mean that she's not ready. Yeah. You know, so giving her an orgasm would be an alternative mm. and getting ready and learning to receive touch that doesn't necessarily lead to orgasm. I mean, I think for some men, it'd be like, well, what's the point? But physical connection, being naked together, connects us deeply in our souls with our partner. Yeah. So there is a big point to that. Yeah. So again, that may be expanding their repertoire, right, of what they consider mm-hmm. sex to be and exploring together. If this is if this is the case, if, if ED is going to be a part of our life for a while now or until we can get it figured out, of not completely disengaging from their sexual relationship. Yeah, right? I think it's the disengagement with ED that is most problematic in relationship. It's mm-hmm. when he thinks he's got it 
he goes ahead and tries to attempt intercourse and he can't stay hard or he doesn't stay firm or he loses it while he's inside her or he can't get it all together. And he stops the sexual encounter because of that. Mm. He says, you know, I'm failing, therefore sex over. That's the problem. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, sex can still be loving and connected and she may still have needs. So, I mean, remembering that and not feeling so awful about it or humiliated and realizing this could be a process. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe getting healthy will help. Maybe losing that weight will help even bring back some sexual functioning. Mm -hmm. That would be my first goal if I were him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah, well, thank you, listeners, so much for writing in and talking to us about your wife in her disability and the difficulties that you face, both as caretaker and perhaps her limitations. And also, um, sir, with this heart disease problem, we wish you the best best of luck. You know, we really want you to be healthy, and we hope your partner hears from the bottom of your heart that you are still attracted to her and thinks she's sexy and that the two of you find new ways in this interim to handle the ED that are relational and still allow you a lot of good sexual contact. Yeah, and keep sending in those questions, please. We love to answer them. We love to engage with you in in multiple ways. So please feel free, send us your questions, info at foreplayrst.com, and we'll get to them. Yeah, and you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Have a great day. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.